Uh, welcome from the Rooker End. My name's John. With me uh, today is uh, Kieran. Hello. And uh, Colin. Hello. And uh, there's like dourness to our voice, let's say, uh, come the fact that Watford have just lost 1-0 away at Brighton. Back to the lovely Amex where we uh, had a lovely last game we played. It was wonderful. This one wasn't. Colin, we, we've talked about the way that Watford have lost games over the last couple of months. This one... A lot of the other games felt like we were like a, a, a stab in the in the gut somewhere. This felt like we were strangled very slowly. We were a shambles and they were all over us, really, from the beginning. We had a bright spell somewhere in the middle of the first half yeah, where we came back we into the game, but from the first 20 minutes we looked like we didn't know what we were doing and, and the second half there was a certain sort of capitulation. But actually, if you look at the game technically, you can see quite clearly that the problems lie in central midfield. And when you have Decore on in your side, he will get the ball. And, and never you, give it away. And he won't give it away. He'll keep it. And he's confident on the ball. He'll pass it off. He'll move. He'll get the ball back. And with Watson, who, you know, we all have soft spot for, for Ben Watson. He's been a great servant to the club. But when he gets the ball, he doesn't trust himself to do that. So he turns around and he passes it back. And it invites the opposition onto our midfield and that's what happened and we got overrun they pressed us in the same way that Huddersfield did and they pushed us back and they pushed us back and we couldn't get out of our half uh, we didn't seem to have any idea of how to release the pressure on ourselves Pereira looks like a ghost of himself he doesn't seem to have the energy or the confidence to go forward and create and so as a result we just we were overrun and, and eventually the goal came and the goal came from another cleverly mistake in the same way that the one at Palace where he got sent off, he sort of swung a boot at it, missed it, and then got sent off with the, the following challenge. Today he did something similar, he sort of threw his foot at it in mid-air, and went back, and, and Gomez should have saved it. I mean, that was poor. So, two mistakes led to the goal, but, I mean, at 1-0 down, we sort of kind of raised ourselves up, didn't we, a little yeah, bit? Yeah, but it, you know, we didn't raise up by five, we raised up by about two. Yeah, and so, it, in the end, it was a comfortable win for them. And that means they've taken four points off us. Huddersfield have beaten us. You know, these are teams that, that a month ago, or six weeks ago, we would be expecting to win. We've actually won two games and drawn one game in the last 11. That's seven points from 11 games. And that is relegation form. Oh, how do you bring this one back? Uh, well, it's Christmas. No, Kieran, like you say, the, 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 out of all the away games I've seen this season, this is by far the uh, slowest start we've had unrecognisable to be honest with you I've been to a few away games myself this season and the key thing and the the thing that those games had in common that was that we started quickly you know I know we lost at Palace but we started well we got the early goal we started well at Bournemouth we started well at Southampton we started well at Chelsea even though we lost the game there today was lethargic today was slow the, the first 10 minutes to the first 10-15 minutes we were all over the shop you know they could have had a couple of goals in the opening 10 minutes and the one thing that I think is always is evident, um, one of the things that was, that was being spoken about earlier in the season was the character and the spirit of in this team. Well, character is tested when you're in a little bit of a slump, and we're in one at the moment. And I'm sorry, I know it's harsh, but I didn't see a lot of character no. or spirit today. I saw players walking over to take throw-ins. I saw point fingers being pointed. I saw Holobas slap his thighs and look around in, in disbelief at, at, at his teammates. And... This is when you need to come together when the results aren't going your way. And I didn't see that today. We created nothing. I think we had one shot on target. It wasn't even a very good one either. We, we, look, we look at a team that's a shadow of the side that was winning plaudits earlier in the season. But the, the, there are moments that you say that you go, well, I can see 
you want to see the quality of the, of the individual, but not of the team and the movement of the ball and the, the passing there. And you think, yeah, just keep it going, but they can't keep anything going. Nothing gets going. And you, know, you talk about the midfield, Colin. The first thing that Kieran said to me was actually that the problem we've, we've got is up front. I'd also say the problem we've got is defence. So I don't know where we're going to start, really. <laughs> um, we know, yeah. It, How many times do we give the ball away? How many times did we give oh, the ball away? away? <laughs> we gave the ball away every time we got it, pretty much. And if you give the ball away, even to a team that is technically not as good as you, they will eventually hurt you because you give them the ball all the time. And we must do the headers, the head tennis. Every time we tried to flick it or pass it, we gave the ball away. We didn't used to do that a couple of months ago. And now every single player seems to lack confidence. They seem to be running around the pitch, point, as you say, pointing at each other. I thought the only player, God, if I can drag a positive out of this performance, <laughs> I'd say the one player that I thought played well today was Carrillo. And I know he gets a lot of stick, but yeah. he, he drifts, he moves, he, uh, he was able to keep the ball in the corner and, and work out a way to either get it back or get, or get across on himself. And he did that a few times. They weren't of enormous quality, but they had two men on him most of the time. But he, did, he was probably our best player, which is not saying much, considering yeah. every single player put in a poor performance. It's sort of threes and fours all round. But I did think that that was one thing. I, I mean, if, <laughs> I know you like positives, John. I'm really <laughs> struggling. No, I thought we were terrible from front to back. I'd add Richarlison, but more for his defensive work, oh, yeah. especially in the first half, yeah. because he came back. 11, 11 against 11 it was at one point. Him against uh, Knockart, Ricky against Knockart was great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he came back, I think it was three or four occasions we counted that he came back, helped out Holobas and, and managed to, to win the ball back and, and start a counter. But in offensive areas, I hate to say it, but I think, and the reason I said I think we've got problems up front is that I think we've been found out. You know, Richarlison was an unknown when he came over here and he, he tore defences apart because no one knew what he was going to do. They didn't have probably much footage to see. They now have reels and reels of footage of previous games. They know what he's going to do. I agree with Colin. I thought Carrillo did OK. I thought Akaka gave us a little bit when he came on, obviously lifted the crowd, if, if anything. But yeah, I, I, I think we've got problems at the moment and we need those injured and those suspended players back because uh, at full strength, I think we beat this Brighton team. But... At the moment, as I said, we are a shadow of the team from earlier in the season. I'm going to have a Mike Parkin style rant now. <laughs> OK, ready, <laughs> steady, go. So, Andre Gray, the enigma that is Andre Gray for Watford fans. The people standing around us were really giving him the bird all game. But actually, I think that he is not being well served. What are his strengths? His strength are... His strength is, we don't know whether he can finish or not, because he never gets a chance, well, except when he was at Newcastle, and that wasn't, that wasn't too, uh, he, we weren't enthusiastic about no. those. But what his, strength, his strength is that he's quick, that he's faster across 10 yards than most central defenders. So we get the ball in midfield, and he takes a position on the shoulder of the defender, not in front of the defender in the way that Deeney does, but on the shoulder, so that the ball can be slipped past him and he can turn and run into the space behind the defender. And what do we do? We put the ball into his feet every single time. We never look to get the ball to the side of him. It doesn't have to, only has to be a yard to the side of him, and he turns and goes. But because they try to play it to his feet, the defender just steps out and gets the ball because he's not in the position to receive it at his feet. He's in the position to get it in behind. So it, that really frustrates me because he stands there and he's begging for the ball to be put to the side of him. The fullback isn't close enough to cut it out and yet they never, ever put it in behind. Why don't they? They must work on that on the training ground. That is his strength. His strength is his speed and we don't use it. We knock high balls into him or balls into his feet or into his chest and there's a six foot four bloke on a five foot ten man and eventually... 
he either commits a foul or the ball gets taken off him and we never slip him in when we played against Bournemouth which feels like a couple of seasons ago right? <laughs> Chalabar definitely a lot of degrees ago that's that <laughs> podcast we did after that game might have been a bit windy but it was lovely and warm lovely and warm so uh, Chalabar or Chalabar whichever way you want to say it he, he was the player that was doing that he was looking up and he was going there you go and he was in a foot race with Ake five, six times and it eventually led to the goal because he got in behind, crossed the ball and Richarlison was there and it was a bit of a scrappy one, but it went in. We don't do that. And why don't we do that? He's not a Akaka, he's not Deeney. He's there because of his pace. And I simply am bemused and perplexed and frustrated by the lack of tactical mouse. I just don't understand it. But are we, Kieran, just lacking... The, the ones that the players that we were we were singing their praise of you know like if it, is it is it just a, a Chalabar difference is it just a, a very tentative squad that has its minute uh, ways of being successful when certain players play but it's our indiscipline that's the reason that we're missing some of those players isn't it Decore's suspended Dini's suspended yes Femenia and Chalabar are, are injured but you know the Pozos have invested in this squad we have we talked about it only a few weeks ago about the options that we had off the bench. I mean, you've still got players like Etienne Capu off the bench. You've still got Stefano Okaka off the bench, who it would appear doesn't seem to be one of uh, Silva's favourites. But as I said, I thought he at least lifted the crowd because the crowd were flat today because, as we were discussing in, in the first half, you know, there is a... There is a worry and a nervousness, not only on the pitch, but in the crowd as well. And I don't think we were able to lift the players, but you need something from them to lift us. And I, I don't think we got it. But going back to your original question, yes, look, when you're missing Decore, Chalabar, Femenia, players who've been huge for us this season. Will Hughes, it, I would and say Will as well. Hughes as well, yeah. So there is, there is a core of players that we need back and we need them back desperately. But there was still enough on the field there for me today for us to get something, okay, we said at half-time on Mike messages at half-time, I'd take a draw. I would have taken a draw because we weren't playing very well, but we are struggling to see out games of them. And again, it's our own error. It's our own error that's cost us today. And that is a consistent pattern across the season. Defensively, we are making too many mistakes. And it doesn't matter who the personnel are. If you can't pass to your own, your own teammates, you've got problems. I can bear to say this, really. I thought Prodel had a really, really poor game. One of the worst he's had in a Watfordshire. And the thing that he did that was that really frustrated me was that he got drawn out of position. He goes charging up the pitch, either to chase a high ball or when he's got the ball and he gives the ball away. And then suddenly he can't get back. He's not quick enough. So Holobast, uh, who had a much better game than he had against Huddersfield, he had to come cut, cut across, you know, in an instant to cut out a ball or, or, or to kick a ball away because Prodel was out of position. I don't really understand what, what's happened to Prodel. He looks a shadow of the player from last season and you pointed something out very early to me, John, of very early in that early 10 minutes. It was actually Christian Cabaselli who was trying to, you know, he was the one kind of making the gestures, calm it down, lads, calm it down. Prodel's the experienced one in that, in that centre-back pairing. It should be him. Should be him that's saying to Cabaselli, calm it down, calm it down, mm. and the rest of the back four. And he looks sluggish. But, but, but Prodel's never, I don't think, I never felt like Prodel is that sort of centre back. You know, he, he, I'm not saying he's, it was always the Kabul who was the, the one who would be orchestrating. And, and however good Seb is, he's never been an orchestrator of a, of a back four and the main man in it. He's been great, but he's never been, been that sort of man. A podcast made by Watford fans fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. We've dug out a couple of players, and I think rightfully so, but Marco Silva, there's question marks over him at the moment. You know, I think the Everton scenario didn't help us 
But he didn't help himself during that scenario either when he was very non-committal with questions that were asked by the media. And with that kind of non-committal attitude, I kind of almost feel that's almost rubbed off on a few of the players at the moment. It's, well, it's everyone, everyone's going to put down the, the when did things start changing? Was it the, the Cajonas comment or was it, you know, and, and you look at the, the, the form and stuff, you, you can sort of put it back to that. But I do think everything at that, at that point was, was Marco being turned, his head turned slightly. We've still got, you know, we've got games, we've got players coming back, you know, we have uh, Cleverly and Decore in the midfield and maybe Hughes in the midfield against Leicester. That's not that bad, is it? No, it's not that bad, but at the moment I, I, I feel as a unit that's going to be a big uh, task to, to beat that Leicester side. I know that they got slightly humiliated by Crystal Palace, yeah. which I find difficult to understand, but I didn't watch <laughs> the game, so I don't know what happened there. If we play that Leicester, then we've got a chance, but if we play the Leicester that's played the, some of the games more re- uh, previously... Then I, and then they play with the kind of press and uh, the, the way that Leicester play that we know they play I think we're really going to struggle I mean so far this is our worst I think this is our worst period in a Premier League season in the three seasons I know it was awful at the end of last season yeah. we lost six in a row but we were safe and, and uh, you know there was a kind of there was a bit and a lot of teams did that Bournemouth did it and West Brom did it they, didn't, well, they got to 40 points and they pretty much didn't win another game and we were like that but this is in, in, in the middle of a season this is certainly the worst period we've had where we we look really we looked so poor today. There was no energy, there was no drive, there was no pressing, there was no tackling. And they weren't tackling, presumably, because they were terrified of getting sent off. And so what's happened, I think, is that in the early part of the season, we played to win. And I do think that we're now playing not to lose. And I know that's something that's talked about a lot in, uh, you know, by pundits. But you can really see it in the, in the performance today. They were, they were looking backwards. They were trying, trying not to make mistakes. They were trying not to get, get, get yellow cards. And they, what they weren't thinking was, how are we going to win this game? And this is what we need to do to win it. And that's how we're going to do it. And we're going to go and do that. And they didn't do that. And I, I do wonder what's going on in the, on the training ground. And I wonder what's happening in the dressing room. And I do wonder if... If we lose against Leicester and we lose to Swansea, say, if that happens, and then we play City, which we're not going to win that game. Are you about to say Marco Silva's going to be sacked? I just wonder, that in the end, Gino's going to have to make a decision, isn't he? If, you, if you've only won two games in 14 or something, I don't know how it was 11, yeah, so three more games, it'll be 14 games, we've won two games and drawn one. What do you do as a board? What do you do as, a, as an owner of a club when you see that everything sliding in the wrong direction? Yeah. And there's still a lot of the season left. This is technically the first uh, repeat game yeah. that we've had, but we still have got to play Leicester. Um, we are halfway through the season yeah. with a lot of a lot, a lot, a lot of football left to go. I mean, it would be incredibly ironic if they ended up sacking him. I suppose <laughs> yeah, is the word yeah, yeah. I'm looking for. I'm trying not to say that word. It would be incredibly ironic if that either, happened. Yeah. Can you consider that what happened with the Everton thing? And I do bring it all back to that. I think if he'd even if he'd gone to Everton eventually, at least if he'd sat in one of those press conferences and said, I don't want to leave this club. I love this club. I like this group of players. I feel that we can do something here that's going to be special for the fans. If he'd said that, I don't think we'd be in this situation, frankly. I think, I think there's something that happened psychologically to the whole first team setup that has led to some of these very lacklustre, slightly poor performances. Why did we panic at, at Palace? The, the lack of discipline, as Kieran said, we get a player sent off at Burnley, we're in that game at Burnley, the player gets sent off and we immediately concede a goal. You know, but we still play quite well in the second half. But since then, since really cleverly sending off the last 10 minutes at Palace, the game at Huddersfield and the game today, we have been abject and that is a, that is a cause for concern. From the rookery end. Colin, there is a brand new Hornet Heaven out. You are the voice of Hornet Heaven. Uh, The Christmas special came out yesterday and Friday. Uh, What's it all about? 
It's becoming uh, a bit of a tradition in Hornet Heaven that uh, on Christmas Day and Boxing Day, Hornet Heaven collides with another club's heaven. So in 2016, we collided with that lot up the road <laughs> from the town that dare not speak its name. And this season, we've collided with a different club. Yes. A, a club of a, a slightly higher quality. Uh, and the story is, is about an ex-Watford manager from the late 40s who has had enough of uh, the club that he supports who he played for for 400, uh, 400 games, but he managed us for two seasons. So he's obviously in their heaven, not ours. I'm not going to say who it is. <laughs> no spoilers. But he, he comes to the ancient turnstile and begs to be let in to Hornet Heaven. He wants to support Watford. And then the story goes on from there. And uh, yeah, I won't, I won't give you any spoilers or spoil it. Now, we all know that I've listened to that. And Colin does an incredible impression <laughs> of a supporter of the said club. So if anything, tune in for that because it's classic. We are all off to Hornet Heaven when we, we pass on uh, to enjoy, uh, hopefully, uh, more games in the future, plus all the great games of the past. But uh, if you could collide, though, with uh, when, when we go to Hornet Heaven, there's one club you could collide with. Who would you collide with? with you know, club with Luton, you don't want to collide with them. There's no reason or rhyme you want to go to their heaven. Arsenal, it, there would be a lovely game in 1989, but I think it's probably about it. Uh, which, which club would you like to collide with, Colin? I would like to, to collide with United Utopia. That is Manchester United yeah. Utopia. And, and the reasons are that we have had some quite good games against them. I, one of, the, one of my, the first season that I started following uh, Watford, I was about six. We played them in the FA Cup, went to Old Trafford, got a one-all draw. I think they hammered us in the, in the return leg. I don't think I went to that, but I went with my mum and my brothers. Uh, but also, I'd like to, to give, be given a, a couple of days in, uh, in United Utopia, would be a chance to go back and watch the Busby Babes because they predate me, obviously, and uh, everyone talks about them. The old men talk about them you know, sort of wistfully. Uh, players like Duncan Edwards, you know, the greatest English player probably of his generation. And it'd be great to see how good they really were, how impressive that young group of players were under Busby. So that would be good. Uh, I, I would enjoy that. We've got, you know, it was a Watford fans, Kieran. We, we, we've, I think we've got the full range of, uh, of it. We've got highs, we've got lows, we've got some very lows, we've got some fairly decent highs. As Colin sort of saying, you know, packing, uh, packing, picking Manchester United, is sort of like some ult ultimate highs that that, that club have cl club that they have. Which club would you like to collide with? Well, <laughs> I was actually going to go for a club that's also had a lot of highs. My my dad is actually uh, he's a Watford supporter, but he actually moved over from Sri Lanka in the kind of mid 70s. And when he got into football, it was Liverpool that were the dominant force. So, you know, a club with with tremendous history, and and I, I love going to Anfield. I love the supporters. I love. Um, you know the aura that that club has so I think going to a Liverpool heaven you'd have some tremendous memories that people would have some of the matches they've been involved in you know I think that for me would be the club that I'd like to collide with. Oh, yeah, there is a sort of part of me that would, uh, for those two days over Christmas, Christmas Day and Boxing Day, if you could collide with, I think if I knew I was going to do it every year, I think maybe the first years I would want a big club to go and see something different and, and, and be at those games that I was never at. But then there's a little sadistic side of me that really wants to, you know, go and see someone suffer. I'm not quite sure who I want to see suffer the most. Is it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it Bournemouth when they were at the pit of the, of the club? Maybe? I don't know. But anyway, uh, saying Hornet Heaven uh, is ready to download via iTunes uh, or via hornetheaven.com uh, for the second Christmas special uh, voiced by Colin. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Uh, it's Christmas. Come on, let's find some joyous Christmas at the, uh, the end of this game. <laughs> we can do it! We can do it! It's pretty hard. Um, and imagine uh, Watford were putting on a pantomime. No, no. Today wasn't a pantomime, but we're putting on a pantomime of uh, Watford players 
maybe to, to bring back the Watford uh, fans after the last few games, get them back on the side, we need to cast a pantomime. Oof. Let's start with the narrator. I think we need somebody who's going to be uh, together, who can hold things together, uh, can, uh, can be like a, um, a, a driving force for, for the pantomime. I think I'm going to pick for the narrator, Tom Cleverley. Good choice, good choice. Okay, uh, who would you pick though for the villain, Colin? Well, uh, <laughs> Colin, after today's, I mean, it has to be a Watford player, it can't be someone else. Yeah, yeah, it has to be a Watford, uh, yeah, Watford player. Well, I, I think it's got to be Holobas. Because he never smiles and he always <laughs> looks grumpy and, he, and, and he's always yelling and screaming and shouting. He's probably the player in our squad who wants to win the most. I think he certainly wears his heart on his sleeve, but he is uh, quite a, he's quite a scary character and I think for opposition fans he's often a bit of a pantomime villain so yeah. I think he's a good choice yeah, so the, the opposition fans today definitely gave him a few extra boos yeah. I thought here you go there's his panto um, we need some ugly sisters Kieran who would you pick for the ugly sisters in a pair of players who would you who do you think God, they're going to come after me now, aren't they? Whoever, whoever <laughs> no, it's name, all for fun and games. Whoever our name is going to, uh, going to hunt me down. Well, Ugly Sisters, you've got to have two individuals who are probably thick as thieves. Probably two players in our team that maybe opposition supporters would describe as ugly footballers, maybe. <laughs> and obviously they're from the same area, so I'd go with uh, with our two forwards, Deanie and Gray, I think would be our two <laughs> Ugly Sisters. Uh, I think I'm going to put um, the Baron, you know, a, a strong character uh, for the Baron. And I think I'm going to put Gomez as the main Main, main person to be the leader of the town and, and what have you and to, to make everything good at the end of a pantomime um, who would you have Prince Charming though you know, a classy player a, a positive player a loving player well I would pick Richarlison because he's young and he's you know he's kind of good looking I guess <laughs> I don't know but, um, and he looks uh, yeah he's, he's super suave and I, I, so I, would, I would definitely pick him I think I think him I think, I think some of the lady fans might have gone for Prodal or, or, or Alman if he was still here the, uh, the other hard one we've got to go for uh, is the fairy godmother uh, Kieran many people would say well Watford pantomime you need an old dame involved and maybe Mr Elton John would be the person but if we had to pick from the current players who would you pick as the uh, the, the uh, fairy godmother the positivity and the one who makes everything happen I mean we've just mentioned Seb Prodal but I think it would be Seb Prodal kind of didn't do it today so well but he is the guy that probably looking over everyone and uh, being the organiser and uh, yeah Buttons is always a character you know someone who sort of doesn't quite he's get the chir- love he's a, chir- he's a chirpy chap isn't he yeah. he comes on he says oh hello like girls and boys it's got to be Takore hasn't it he's the chirpiest <laughs> chappy we've got so. well you have to say he's behind you and he'd always know that wouldn't he because he, he always knows and would never give the chocolates he kn- away he knows where everyone is all the time yeah so it's got to be Takore for Buttons I think uh, and then the pantomime horse uh, two of them Two players to pick. What are, what are the qualities for a pantomime horse, you think? A horse well, you have to be able to play like a, a cohesion between the two players, uh, one at the front, one at the back. You need to have a certain workhorse mentality to right. it. So that's a value. So who would you stick at the, at the back, Kieran? Well, I think we're, well, the qualities have got to be someone who... I think has has worked their butt off this season, and I think you know it's probably a conversation for a future pod as to the run that he's had in the team. Didn't play today, of course, but I'd go with Mariapa. I think okay. just worked. just in front of Mariapa, who would you stick at the other end of the well, ho- the front end of the horse? If it's, to, if it's to do with teamwork and working together, and I think it has to be the big Belgian, Cabaselli. <laughs> okay. Because then the horse is also good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the Watford pantomime will not be in the Watford Palace Theatre. Uh, but uh, any suggestion you think for uh, maybe a, an, an 80s Watford uh, pantomime and who should play which role, get in touch via social media at Watford Podcast on Twitter, uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. Instagram.
A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the rookery end. So we're not we're not hopeful for a Leicester at all, Colin. I think the next uh, two games we need to get at least four points uh, in order to get our season a little bit back on track. I suspect that that means trying to get a draw against Leicester, the two home games, and then and then uh, take on the team that's bottom of the league, or, or probably will still be bottom of the league on the 30th, I think it is, yeah. uh, which is Swansea. And I, I think we need to get four points. We need to get our season back on track. If we lose those two games, then I, I think questions will, are going to. You know, we'll be in a slump, not just a bad run. We'll be in a proper slump, and we'll be being sucked back by teams that have improved since they had new managers. So Crystal Palace have improved under Woy, uh, and um, Everton have improved, and uh, West Ham have improved, and have started winning games. And Palace have improved. Yes, I said that already. Did you say that actually today? They didn't really improve. No, did they not? No, 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 no. So, uh, so other games today: Huddersfield and Southampton drew. West Brom lost still. Palace drew with Swansea, right. uh, and then West Ham lost to Newcastle. Oh, wow. So the, you know, even though we lost here today, everyone so below us still lost. Little, they've had their little bounce, but yeah. actually they're still down there. But we, you know, I don't think we're really in danger of getting dragged all the way back down into that because I think with players coming back and uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be able to gather certainly enough points. But uh, you know, I, I regret saying after the West Ham game that we were in a battle for seventh. I feel like I jinxed the whole club <laughs> by saying that uh, because since then we've been really quite poor. And uh, and I do think we need to get at least four points from the next two games. Who's the wee Santa Claus, Kieran? You know, we are a couple of days away from Christmas. Who's going to bring the presents over this the, the Christmas period? Who's going to be the player for you? Who's going to do it? I, I don't think he's a player. I think Marco Silva's got to be Santa Claus. Ultimately, the buck stops with him, doesn't it? He's the one that picks the team. He's the one that sets out the tactics. So I think he's got to, he's got to show now his character as a, as a head coach and he's got to figure out a way to stop this mini slump that we're in. Um, in terms of a player, I mean, look, we've got Decore back. So I think if we've talked a lot about him, but you have to because he's so, so important. So, um, yeah, I think he will be hopefully uh, providing a few uh, few more rockets uh, in our stockings. Sanderson's helper, maybe. The thing that worries me is whether Silva can do that and whether the dressing room will accept it and whether they are cohesive enough to become more unified and come back strongly like they were at the beginning of the season. I I'm not sure whether the relationship between Marco Silva, I don't know how damaged it was by what happened. And I do think it has been damaged a bit because we've seen the results on the pitch. Uh, so I agree with you. It's up to Marco to sort it out. And, and if he can, then uh, let's hope he does. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll do a little short podcast uh, after the uh, Leicester game, but a full podcast after Swansea. Thank you everyone who has uh, sent in some questions. I asked on Twitter yesterday any questions and things we should talk about. Loads of you were really focused on the uh, transfer window, ins and outs. I think we did focus on that a bit nearer the time. Uh, so thank you very much uh, for, for those and do keep them coming in on social media. Uh, but as they've been waiting around for quite a while, Colin's daughters have been waiting around while doing it. So girls, you're going to finish the Christmas podcast with a big shout of come on you horns. You are!